Father, we just thank you again this beautiful morning. We're asking that you will show mercy to us and cause us to be added to. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. This um, beautiful thing, that great shepherd, um, it's good for us to know that the Lord will really, really like to lead his people. He would like to own a people. He would like them to be identified by him. So if we look at um, Ezekiel 36, which we've looked at, I will just read from, uh, let me, where am I reading from? Let me start from 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people. And I will be your God. Um, there's an emphasis here on ye shall be my people. So there is a lot that the Lord will do to any, um, any beings or creatures. We will work on them specially. He will do things to them. When he has succeeded in doing those things to them, they will then become his people. And then he can say, I am your God. It reminds me of how um, after Abraham passed and Isaac passed, Jacob will say, God will say to Jacob, I am the God of your fathers. I'm not yet your God. The same pattern, when you read through scriptures, you will see it with Isaac. He's speaking to Isaac. I am the God of your father Abraham. Indirectly telling Isaac, you are not yet your God. I will have to lead you first. I will have to do things to you first. When I have done those things to you, and then you are my person, or you're my people, then I will be your God. And then I can tell others, I am the God of that one and that one. Walk before me, be thou perfect. If you would allow what I'm going to do to you, you might qualify to be called in the same bracket of them who I have identified with myself. Amen? Amen. So, one of the things that the enemy likes to do is deceive the church into claiming things that they do not quite yet have. Um, and it's good, you know, when you are a newborn Christian, you know, some things are good to, you know, to excite you and build up your faith as you learn 
the foundational principles. So, for example, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Um, I mean, these were scriptures that when I was um, a newborn believer, I needed to see this to know and be taught the way I was taught for witches who were disturbing my family not to touch me. You know, I had to see this. If I didn't, if I didn't have fathers like Archbishop Idahosa and all those men who taught me this when I was younger, witches would have dealt with me because they were dealing with my family's heart, you know. Everywhere, anytime anyone was sick, everyone was afraid. You know, something is happening. I remember one time in secondary school, for example, I, I was looking back that way and I bumped into a young lady or a young girl and I turned to say sorry. And she said to me, now me, you hit like this. We go see for night. So it wasn't even um, something they hit. It was, un- it was normal for... For to be threatened by a witch openly. You know? Now, the normal reaction that you would do when you are accosted like that is people will just go on their knees. That's the normal reaction. Please. Please. I'm, I'm telling you the fact now. That's because I, I grew up amongst these things, okay? But when Archbishop came on the scene and began to teach me this, I knew that these guys are just... There's something that the Lord can do to me that makes me unreachable by these witches. You understand? So these things are good and solid foundational teachings that we need as the church when we become born again. However, we, the enemy likes us not to make any more progress in our walk and help us celebrate, you know, um, let's say little victories in the context of things. You know, for example, if you, I imagine if you were in the, um, around in the time of the Israelites and you saw the 10 plagues, the 10 plagues, you saw these guys who were oppressing you and plagues were hitting them, locusts and, um, you know, water turned to blood and you'd be like, what a mighty God who has come to deliver me. And then eventually the Red Sea was parted and they walked through the sea. You know, and they had that celebratory song talking about how God was their deliverer. And then God says, oh yeah, move on to the promised land. It's easy for the enemy to try and convince them that this is it. What are you worried? What are you thinking of? Where are you going again? Did you not just witness those mighty ten plagues? God said to Pharaoh, let my people go, that they may go and worship me. You understand? And celebrate it and hold a massive cathedral and build a massive church and call it deliverance. You know, we enjoy the deliverance of God ministries. And just, you know, and we call it Red Sea Cathedral. You know? And we celebrate the deliverance that the Lord has taken us through to bring us out of Egypt. But God will not be satisfied. And it doesn't even matter how um, massive the church gets and how people are excited. Because God still wants, there's a journey to be made to a promised land. So we are not downplaying in any way that mighty hand of God that came to deliver God's people. But God's intention is that there is a promised land. Amen? So what the enemy has done to 
weaken our, you know, our, our, our feet and it is to tell us that this is it. This is it. Did you see how mighty, what mighty deliverance God has done to you? You know, you, you don't even need to buy clothes anymore. This is it. You eat food of angels. Wow. Why is Moses talking about moving? Sit down. What's this problem? And it did happen. It did happen. You know, when I began to learn things more recently, I found it difficult to criticize the people of Israel. Because I saw that my natural disposition was just like that. You know, it's when you, you know, there are some things you say when you are still young. You call some people foolish in the Bible. When you learn sense, you know you are more foolish than them. Yes. Eh? God, God will help us. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, when I've heard some charismatic preachers preach this, they will quote all sorts of versions. And they will tell us, All things are passed away. There is nothing that looks like you anymore. You are special. You are all is new. All is new. Somebody shout hallelujah. And, hallelujah. and, and the church is so happy and like, hey. And you come out of your church that day. You walk on the street like, I am new. And then somebody steps on your feet. <laughs> or the conductor on the bus in Lagos refuses to give you your change. And then you become aware that there seems to be a conflict here. There seems to be a conflict here. So, so balance is needed. Tell your neighbor, say balance. balance. Context is needed. Yeah, you need, you need help to see, to see it all, you know, so that we will walk worthy of the calling where which we've been called. Amen? So, so, indeed, if a man being Christ is a new creature, indeed, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But when we go back to Ezekiel 36, we've just read, we saw something, didn't we? Did you see it with me? Or do you, or you want me to read it again? Let's look at it. Verse 26. A new heart also will I give you. That's Christ. But the Lord was not happy to stop there. Did you see that? Did you see that? He still did something to that heart. You see, that, that new heart was um, an enablement or a, um, um, it's like the, the thing that God did or wrote in his son to help us begin our journey towards going back to him. You, you understand, right? So he will give you a new heart. Yeah, he will. And a new spirit. Will I put within you? Then he says, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Now, that um, 
Same uh, scripture we've been reading, where we got the context that great shepherd, talking about being, bringing again from the dead. You see, that new heart or that new creature also has to be offered again. As a sacrifice to receive the next allocation of life. It can't end in Christ. I don't know if you understand. I mean, yesterday, Daddy was um, with the time he had, and so much so that he had to sort of cut it short. He was talking about, you know, he, he tried to give us foundations, and was talking about how Jesus was first a, a baby, and then a child. The Bible did not even see it fit to call him Jesus quite yet. He didn't, he wasn't quite savior material yet. You understand? He was still just a child. He didn't have what it take or what it took to save quite yet. So he didn't quite end that name. Right? So after he'd moved on, then they went, child Jesus. Amen? I think another, um, uh, another uh, account from the gospel called him boy Jesus. The boy. Wow. <laughs> you know, so it took a while before the child became a man. And end that name, Jesus, before he became Christ, before he then came into a life where he was able to say quite confidently, I am the resurrection and life. He wasn't saying I will be. I am. But if you had seen him at 12, he couldn't have said that. <laughs> or when he was still called the child, he wouldn't have said I am the resurrection and the life. Something happened to him. Amen? And brought him to that place where he came into this allocation of um, life that he lived, where he could then be, be, you know, be brought again from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we see, you know, the enemy really likes to stop the church from making progress. At every single um, part of the Israelites' journey, there was opposition. Just to leave Egypt, you could see how much fight had to take place. How much the enemy tried to stop them. Then to make the journey across the Red Sea another while. Then to, to make the journey through the wilderness, trouble after trouble after trouble. And then when they sighted the promised land, some didn't quite make it. Some had to drop so the enemy would rather you did not become born again. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you now. He would rather you did not become born again. But if you become born again, he would rather you didn't journey. Yes, do, do you understand what I mean? Yes, and then if you're about to hit the promised land, he would rather you did not quite enter. Yes, so it, 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 he, did not, he did not let our Lord Jesus go. The temptation continued all the way to the cross. All the way to the cross. It, it, it just did not stop. So the church has to understand that the enemy will do everything it can to stop us from making progress. And make us settle. You know, as a church, we, 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 it's because of teachings or, of, or, or deceptions of the enemy that some of us celebrate um, uh, earthly achievements as though we have attained unto righteousness that is from above. Anything that any man on earth can get outside of Christ 
is not of God. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Whether it's wife, whether it's husband, whether it's children, whether it's degrees, whether it's uh, firsts in the whole best graduating student in the whole of the country, let alone the, the, your, your university. It doesn't matter what it is. People have done it without Christ. If they did it without Christ, it's not of God. It's just one of those things you, you, you do on your way to where you are going because you are here and you, you, as a child of God, excellence is just natural with you. It, it, it's not something that makes you not sleep at night. If a lecturer, for example, says, I'll fail you, then you don't sleep. Why? Why? You know, when this thing hit me, I, I began to even, it affected so many things. You know, the way I, I, I see, um, um, I just relaxed about so many things. I just relaxed. I just knew that everything would be fine. All I needed to do was keep my eyes where I'm supposed to be going. That promised land that for me, I had to get. Hallelujah. I, I just, it, I just, I, I even, even my parenting is different. So when they report my child, he's done this at school. He's, he's, he didn't quite do well last time like he did this time. I don't drop the whole house, seize all these computer games. No, 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 no need. No. There's no need for that. I'm, I'm just relaxed. Ah, young man, what happened now? Please don't allow your teacher to write me again, no job. And that's it. And my wife was like, is that what you're going to say? Like, what was mom say? <laughs> What does one say? He's going to fellowship. He, go, he doesn't miss fellowship. He doesn't miss church. What else do I need? He goes to Monday house fellowships with me. He's fine. He's okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's fine. He's fine. Tell your neighbor everything is fine. Now let's look at Ephesians 2 6. Ephesians 2 6. Now, this is another thing that the enemy likes to help us get excited as young believers. Hallelujah. Well, let me start from verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then we get all excited. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hi. No witch, nothing. Tell your neighbor, no uncle, no auntie from the village, no one, no. Now, like I said, I had to know those things. Otherwise, I would have been dealt with when I was from my background. You know, I would have been dealt with. I mean, I had people threatening my parents, threatening me directly. And these guys were, people know them, they were terror. And I would just, and I would just laugh. I would just laugh. I remember one day, for example, when I was, um, uh, you know, back home from uni, sleeping, armed robbers started breaking this big hole in the fence. And everybody was asleep for some reason. So our neighbor, who was on the other side, wakes up, takes stones, starts throwing it on my uh, dad's room. So my mom wakes up. 
And she says, what are you guys sleeping? And I'm about to break in your door. So, as the pastor of the house, mom comes straight to me. Son, armed robbers have broken a hole in the wall. And my immediate reply to her was, praise God. You know, if I didn't have enough teachings like this, you understand what I mean? I would be worried. So I just knew there's nothing these guys can do to me. I'm in heavenly places. I'm, 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 I'm unreachable. So that solid milk foundation was needed. However, heavenly places, heavenly realms, it's not the same thing as throne. Don't let, don't let any pastor help interpret this and say you are seated on the throne. You are not seated on any throne yet. It's heavenly places. You've been lifted by virtue of the fact that your spirit has been raised with Christ. You understand? That's why you have Revelations 3 where the Lord you know, um, let's look at that quickly to bring context, yeah? So that we don't um, while we celebrate our deliverance from Egypt, it's important. Amen? It's important you must celebrate your deliverance from Egypt because God, Moses did and taught the people to do so. Amen? Amen? So you must. So you must celebrate the fact that you are born again. I mean, it goes without saying. Amen? Because if you didn't, if you didn't start there, what, what, how will you get to the promised land anyway? Amen? But we don't, we don't sit there and then begin to jump up and down and celebrate and say we're already sheep or God's people. No, 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 no. Even, no, 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 Hallelujah. Believe the Bible when you read the Bible. Did you see what the Bible says they need to do to us to make us a people? Why don't you believe the Bible? Hallelujah. So look at verse, that second to last verse of Revelation 3. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. So, that great shepherd is the number one sheep. He is the number one sheep. He's the number one what? He's the ultimate sheep. He's the ultimate example of followership. Ultimate. He, he, he allowed it. That even as he was, um, I mean, <laughs> he, he allowed, even when his father had raised him up, he waited for the father to say sit. He didn't just have overcome. Where's the throne? Father shift. Let me sit. No, 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 no. He, he, he stood. Amen? And the father said, come and sit. Until I make your enemies a footstool. You know some of us, once we've received glory, our daddy, let me just sit down. Come on. I've, I've suffered. <laughs> Elohim, shalom. God of peace. Thank you for what you have done. I've come into peace now. Can I sit down now peacefully? No, 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 no. We have that ultimate example, hallelujah, of followership in that great shepherd is the ultimate one, the ultimate sheep. He is the ultimate example of followership. Because he followed, they made him a great shepherd. Hallelujah. And then that great shepherd 
was able to raise other shepherds to look after others, to bring the flock in. So fine, the, the, the moment you become born again, you are definitely God's responsibility. And there's an allocation of followership assigned for you to take you from you know, realms of faith unto faith with the intention that you come into realms of glory unto glory. Hallelujah. But that, our Jesus, yeah, who the, the titles they give him, when, they were, when he prophecies in, um, in, in Isaiah and, and the prophets, you already have an indication of who he was meant to be or, who, or what he was supposed to become. One of his titles is everlasting father. Right? But it, it, it wasn't that from the beginning. He, he, he followed and followed, and as he kept following, doing as he was shown to do, saying as he was shown to say by his father, they began to deck him with more and more and more and more of life until Christ had to be given up to become everlasting life. And even everlasting life had to come into the reward of eternal life. So that new that new creature is beautiful. It's the beginning of all things, right? But then you have the apostles writing to the church saying, receive with meekness. The engrafted. What? The grafted word, which is able to do what? Save your souls. They weren't writing to unbelievers. No, 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 no. It's not, you, don't, you don't write epistles to unbelievers. No, they, 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 are not, they are not truly our concern. You understand, right? You write epistles to believers. So you, it's them that you adjure. That salvation that has come to your spirit, that has brought your spirit to life, we want it to come into your soul. And then together, make your journey beyond Christ so that you won't fail. Because Christ can still be tempted. Otherwise, he will not have been tempted. The only one who cannot be tempted is God. So the moment, for example, I'm tempted with, uh, I, 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 I face temptations, I rejoice when I don't fall into it. But I also ache that I'm still being tempted. I, it makes me know that I've not yet come into the life that my Lord Jesus now enjoys. Because nobody is tempting Jesus right now. As a certain no one is trying to tempt him with anything. Satan had his chance while he was here on earth. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, he had his chance. But then Jesus began to say some things. He would talk about, he would say, the son of man who is in heaven. And he would be referring to himself as he was there. So there's an elevation that can take place, an ascension that can take place with light that is coming. That we allow our souls ascend beyond Israel. Amen? And everything that is supposed to be affecting mere man will not affect us. Hallelujah. That's when we qualify to be called a people. Amen? That's why you see Psalms um, 100 that Daddy quoted, Psalms 95 verse 7. Look, let's look at that Psalm 95 verse 7 version. If you've got Psalm 95 verse 7. It says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, 
if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So there is a tie of people and sheep of his pasture. So the real sheep are those who are his people. The ones who, are, who can be identified by his name. Amen? So I knew quite early after some teachings, I was not yet God's people. I, I just had to hide under people that are people first. Until God raised me. You understand what I mean? Then when he raises me, I can be a people under people. Just like my father, my God, is a people under a God. You understand? We must understand that um, that great shepherd, right, was the ultimate sheep. He, he shipped his way to become what he became. Amen? He shipped his way. You know that word, sheep? This word, they like to use it. Um, a lot of songs now, they rap songs, you know, they like to talk about, people like to distinguish, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not we're not sheep, you know. I'm different. You know, all these rap songs and, you know, uh, you know, they, 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 people, every, every rapper comes on the scene and he's trying to say, I'm, I'm not like one of them. I, I'm different. I ain't sheep, you know. But, but everyone's a sheep. They're all sheep. They're all sheep. Led by another shepherd. Amen? Because they, 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 they mix being a sheep with folly. You can't stand up for yourself. You just take what everyone tells you. Foolish, you know? You know? What kind of person are you? But we, we ought really to be like that. Now, we could even get hurt while we are trying to follow. If we see it as a test that we are supposed to pass on our way to becoming where we are going, the reward will be great. Because the enemy does that. He raises bad shepherds to hold them as an example as to why you should not be a sheep. He does that. He raises bad shepherds to, 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 to disdain, you know, to cause shame to the church. I don't even know what is the world's business. A pastor is caught in fornication. Why does he have to be front news? I, I don't understand. Is it your business? Is it your business? You, your politicians that, that commit fornication, why are they not front news? But the, a pastor in a small town, if he does, it will be front news. And I'm like, what's going on? What's your problem? Leave us alone. We are still being led to salvation. Leave us alone. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I just... Um, wanted to encourage us with these, um, you know, little, um, you know, words of encouragement to say, this great shepherd is really the ultimate sheep. Amen? He's really the ultimate sheep. They, they, they raised him and decked him with glories that our brains are not, can't quite imagine. Can't quite imagine. Can't quite imagine. But we are only receiving mercy now to understand who that Jesus really is. Because some of us don't even know who Jesus is. We use Jesus all the time. We're talking Jesus. Somebody scares you, Jesus. <laughs> you just call Jesus. You know, Jesus, Jesus. That's the guy holding this world. Though. 
That's the guy making sure everyone still breathes that he's on earth here. We just call his name anyhow. Jesus. Jesus. And we even make, you know, you know jokes about him anyhow. We do all sorts of things. Ah, Jesus. Hey. You know? But look at, look, at, look at scriptures. Look at patterns. Not everyone really is among the fold. Jesus, for example, had three. Then 12. Then 40. Then the 120. Then 400. You know, he, he had... But the, the aim is that we make our way through to becoming those who will sit with him. That's the journey. The journey is not that we'll be content, that we remain outward and born again. You know, no witch can touch me. Everything I do, you know, or I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, blah, blah, blah. And we misquote scriptures. When, meanwhile, that verse is saying we will be able to abase and abound with strength as part of our training to be raised. Amen? Amen. The church will learn. Amen. The church will learn because we are learning. Amen? So every time my, my eyes are open, I say, oh my God, I've been foolish. Have mercy on me. You know? But the Lord is showing us mercy. Amen. And he will show you mercy in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we just say a word of prayer and thank the Lord?